Welcome back to another episode of Crossing Broadcast. I am your host, Kyle Pagan. Do me a favor, hit that thumbs up for me. Do me a favor, subscribe if you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. On today's episode, we have the chicken man, Alex Tominski. He took the entire world by storm. He, of course, took Philadelphia by storm. The, the chicken man who who ate the, the 40th chicken down by the pier. Then we have Damian Dunn. He's a senior temple guard uh, getting ready for Villanova. We'll talk about him, you know, big five rivalry and everything. But I want to talk first to my guy, Kevin Kincaid. Let's bring him on right now. Kev. There's How are we doing, Pagans? There's been a man running through my mind for the last 48 hours, and no, it hasn't been you, and no, it hasn't been anything Temple Nova. It's been Trey Turner, T-R-E-A. That's right, yeah. Not T-R-A-E. That's right. Or T-R-A-Y. Right, not Trey Young, right? Not Atreyu, the metalcore band from 20 years ago. Who could forget about them? Right. Yeah. They were big in Boyertown, actually. Trey Turner, man, there's a lot of smoke. You, you know, they say when there's smoke, there's fire. And uh, there's enough Trey Turner smoke out there right now to to blot out the Philadelphia skyline. You know, so it's like the, the refinery this a, fire. This is a dangerous offseason. Mm-hmm. And it's all because of Elon Musk. Now, if yeah. you pay eight dollars, anyone can get a check mark. I mean, Rush Joy's got a check mark. That's ridiculous. I mean, what's God, that does guy he done? really? Does he? Yeah, he's got a check mark. Kyle Oskowski, uh, whoever uh, that fucking guy is, he's got a blue check mark. I don't. He yeah. can't even. Kyle Scott can't even get front yeah. row tickets at a Villanova game yeah. where he's an alumni, where he's an internet yeah. mogul, yeah. Uh, a guy who sold his company, and he's got a blue check mark. I mean, what is some going f- on here? Kyle Scott, some some former employee of Crossing Brother. Oh, yeah, I mean, Jesus Christ! This is this is absolutely <laughs> gross. <laughs> I like how his. By the way, I like how Russ's uh, like banner photo there is with Mike Missinelli at the uh, the um, Philly. Oh my God! It was it like the casino down in Chester was, at Harris. I was actually I was actually at this. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was I was just watching. I was with yeah. another uh, sports blog who was going against them. I think Brandon Sports went against them when Brandon Sports was a thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Brandon was where the other guys. I was watching in the crowd. It's just it's hilarious. It was funny because we were talking the other day. The last time I voted in an election, obviously, was 2020. Yeah. I didn't vote. Um, I was listening to Crossing Broadcast, and now yeah. look at me. I'm, I'm I'm hosting it with you on Crossing Broadcast. So yeah, it's funny how it. it's funny how the world turns. You know, I think that was yeah. a soap opera, by the way. The world turns, or as the world turns, or something. Um, oh, Philly fans, says if you click on the check mark, you can see if it's bought. Well, we know it was bought because, of course, Russ wasn't going to get one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who are we talking yeah. about here? We're not talking about you know yeah. the Kevin Weeks, who's like an NHL like insider. We're not talking about John yeah. Butcher Gross. We're talking about fucking rush joy yeah we're talking about rush joy who mended fences um after the jalen hurts uh tweet about gene simmons right russ russ should have got the blue check mark after that for his endeavor there i let the thing about the mike missinelli philly sports talk show what the hell was it called i can't remember philly feud philly feud yes they asked me if i wanted to do it and i was like what don't we talk massive shit about mike (laughs) missinelli on the reg why are we gonna go do a show that he's like does he even want us there how did this even happen in the first place so i actually refused to go and uh i I think it was russ craig kyle and uh was it bob did bob was bob the fourth guy i think there was i think it was bob the funny thing is that craig went i think and craig's behind the scenes right now i don't know actually Craig, can tell us yeah Craig, come on Come on, come on here. Show your face. Yeah, How really, was the Philly feud? What's your favorite memory from Philly feud? Philly really sports genius here. 
Uh, I got one question right. Yeah. Question at the end, though. So, you know, a valuable one. Yeah. But you guys, you guys defeated, win? did you defeat Branded Sports? You guys won. Oh, yeah. Right? Final score 230 to 210. Oh, okay. Wow. So, this is a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah, I was just like, I don't know. You know, I think I just crushed Miss Anelli on the website. I don't know if this makes sense. I'm going to sit this one out. So, you know, fast forward a few years and what can you say? You know, yeah. but that was, that was an experience for the boys for sure. Yeah. Russ, Russ with the blue check. See, here's the thing, Pagan. I would like to meet uh, Elon in the middle because what I would like is uh, the, the features that you get with the blue check. I would like to edit tweets. I'd okay. like to be able to go to that stuff. I don't need a blue check though. Like I, I think the blue check is kind of um isn't that like a stereotype? It's a little like snooty, it's mm-hmm. a little like pretentious, you know. Look it's at like me, owning crypto right now. Like who wants a blue check? Nobody well, wants crypto. Saying, Nobody wants blue check right now. I think it's actually on brand for us to not have blue check marks, you know, because we're the anti, right? We are the alternative, we're the Philly sports alternative, right? So I, I feel like I couldn't uh, I, I couldn't do what I did if I if I had a blue check mark. I feel like I would have to take yeah. myself too seriously. Right. Like I couldn't yeah. I couldn't interact. I'm I'm a, a man of the people from the people in the northeast Philadelphia. If I get a blue check mark, who am I? I'm nobody. No, no. Then you're just another, you know, fake news, uh, large corporate media man, you know, and that's not what crossing broad is. That's why I would advise that we do not pursue the blue check for crossing broad nor any of the personalities however russ russ just went ahead and did it uh without consulting with anybody beforehand so maybe we'll have to have a discussion about that you know what is our strategy what is our blue check strategy here let's all get on the same page you know um but uh, going back to why the blue check is so dangerous i mean i don't know if you saw this i i got duped by a report yesterday that uh matt everfluss suspended justin fields because he promoted an anti-semitic documentary but the at was adam schefter not but he had a blue check mark and i was like you know what my brain has been ingrained for blue check marks ever since i got on twitter in like 2008 2009 that like blue check marks are real human beings I like um, I like Elon Musk's strategy here, by the way. And he came out and said this straight up. He's like, we're going to try a bunch of shit that probably fails. Yeah. Right. You know, but we're just going to throw it out there. And then like, you know, we'll we'll try them out. Some will be disasters and we'll roll them back and some will work. You know, somebody tweeted and this made a lot of sense. It's like Elon put a bunch of rakes out and he's stepping on all the rakes. And now they're like popping up and hitting him in the face again because it's just, but he doesn't give a shit, which is kind of admirable in a weird way because it's like, well, we're just going to do it, you know? And, yeah, it'll be yeah, damned he's if it fighting with He's also like one of the richest guys in the world. And he's fighting with people every single day yeah. at every single moment. Like yeah. if I had that much money, I just don't think I could ever work. Like, I'd just be like, you don't matter to me. You don't matter to me. You don't matter to me. At the end of the day, like, I'm I'm not even close to rich. And I if I don't fight on, on Twitter with people who have, no, like, no. one follower. Because, like, I want to. I want to say something back to them. But it's like, yeah. I'm worse for fighting with the guy with zero followers and a picture of his of his golden retriever. Yeah. You're actually pretty good. You you exhibit a lot of restraint on that. I, th- I think you should be commended for that. You know, I get into it with dickheads all the time. And then it's like two hours later. I'm like, what the fuck? That's doing? the thing. It's like, we have so much shit to do all the time. We're so oh, yeah. stretched thin all the time. That's like, yeah. I just, I, I just fucking started fighting for two hours with, with, yeah. with John boy, six, nine, four, 20. Yeah. Like, yeah. John boy from the Waltons. Right. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, but, it's interesting. I don't know. I see Twitter. Twitter is very important to what to what we do and to the sports community at large. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, as long as he doesn't mess with it too much. I mean, because you do need people to share, you know, breaking news updates and you know, video from the stadium, and like it, it should be a play. It, it's a it's an important platform. It's just it, you know, people will take something and bring the worst out of it. You know what I'm saying? Like like it, it, every good thing about Twitter is corrupted because because of user because of the users themselves human 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 error if you want to call it that like the the best parts of twitter and the worst parts you know what i'm saying so I we'll now know. pay pay 8.99 a month or eight dollars a month and and you can you can become you know that blue check mark that everyone can get duped on because there yeah. is like you know now it's made our job harder you know do we do we yeah. run with a with a report of adam Schefter or not uh, yeah. you know, breaking something. And then, you know, we go through the whole blog and everything. And then we get to the end, you're checking it, you're editing my stuff. And you're like, dude, you know, this is like a fake account. Right. And I'm like, absolutely yeah. did not know that because you know, there are going to be some guys yeah. that are going to retweet Trey Turner to the Phillies. There's yeah. going to be a John, John Morosi, but it's going to be, the I is going to be like an L and people are going to get duped uh, by yeah. it. It's going to yeah. be, yeah. yeah, Jason's Jason Stark, and it's going right. to be Jason Stark with two Ks, and you're going to be like, "Fuck, let's go, Trey Turner <laughs> to the Phillies," and it's like, absolutely not. This is this is blue check mark, uh, Jason Jason Stark light. This is like the this is like the wild west of like AOL 3.0 when when there were no checks and balances in place. So this guy at Boyertown, he is his um like the Fujis were big back in 1999 or something apparently. So his his um. His username on AOL was like Yclef one one three six or whatever, right? And so there's like three, there's an L and two numbers in it. So <laughs> we like fucked with this guy so much. We had like three different versions of Yclef eleven thirty six. We had like Yclef with a capital I. We had like Y Yclef regular, and then like IL three six. Like there was, we just like mess with this dude all the time. But right there was no. This is what Twitter is. The Twitter now is what AOL 3.0 was in 1999. There's no anybody can just make any name they want and like no, no nobody's checking it. Nobody's verifying anything. Well, dude, that was that was always the fun part about like about AIM and it's a messenger. You're like, yo, uh, add this guy on AIM. Uh, this is uh, you know, like you said, Yclef Jean, and then you would be such an idiot that you think you were talking to like legitimately Yclef Jean. <laughs> That's how we that's how we wrote it out there. Y clef one one three six. But are those two lowercase L's or are they two capital I's? Nobody knows, right? That's Nobody Elon knows. Musk's Twitter in 2022. We, you know what we should do? We should leave Russ as the only blue check. And nobody else gets a blue check mark. You know? I mean, that would be so on brand for Russ. <laughs> if he's the is only STG verified? I bet Snow the goalie's already verified. Let's check. Uh, let somebody check to see if that's verified. I'm sure that's the case. <clears throat> So the what do you think about the whole player. what do you think about the whole Trey Turner stuff? Cuz you got, you know, we're back to like stupid money John Middleton. It feels like I'm not a potted plant. Guy just uh <laughs> the, the guy literally just got two games away from winning the World Series. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is it okay to be apprehensive? I mean, I guess it doesn't matter because there's no salary cap. It's not your money, so who cares? Go out and get Trey Turner and whatnot. He's obviously yeah. an upgrade. I mean, you go from a guy who can't, you know, get out of a slump to a guy who's basically slump proof, um, yeah. number two hitter, number one hitter, whatever you want to do with the lineup and everything. And like, I, I don't know. I mean, just, I, well, it I makes think John too much Middleton might spend. Well, it makes too much sense. Doesn't it? I mean, if you are going, you know, by the idea of he opened the checkbook and he spent 
coming into this year and he was rewarded for it in going over the luxury tax threshold, then he was right. You know, of uh, common knowledge would say that, yeah, you would probably continue on that path. Right. You know, it's, it's, I think a lot of teams are like, I think a lot of teams um, operate on the, on the idea that like, they're not like super cheap, but as you show, like there's like a direct proportion, like as we get better, okay, we're, we're going to spend, you know, convince me to spend. Right. And so the, the way that they went and played, you know, this year convinced, probably convinced him to say, Hey, this is like the path that we're going to continue on here. And if John Middleton is going to do anything, it's going to keep Bryce Harper happy. Right. True. Bryce Harper has pretty much gotten everything that he's wanted to get. Right. He, yeah, they, he did say like, that he underpaid Bryce Harper <laughs> during the NLCS yeah, yeah. celebration too. So yeah, well, I mean, Bryce was very public, was publicly at the forefront of the sign JT thing. You know, remember that? And they did mm-hmm. that. And you know, if Trey Turner and Bryce Harper want to play together, you know, I'm, I'm sure that's going to carry a lot of weight at the same time. So um, yeah, I, I don't see why not. And look, it's like they got a lot of, they have money coming off the books. You know, Segura is 14 million. Coming off, Kyle Gibson was eight million coming off. Noah Syndergaard made like seven million dollars for a little bit. I mean, Hand, Eflin, Robertson, like these these add Segura, up. Segura you know made like fourteen, I think. Yeah, fourteen. If we was at like five, just under fifteen, I want to say. I mean, so like at the very top, yeah, you got Bryce and Zach Wheeler. I think were the top two salaries, right? And that I think make, it's like yeah, that real. would make Ramuto and Cassianos and Schwarber, right? But yeah, I mean, like on those, on the, like positions like seven to 12 on the salary cap table, I mean, like they're all, like most of those guys are coming off. I think Casty was number two because he was what, five years for 100 million or four years for 100 million. And then, and then yeah. we got Wheeler for only five years, 115. That's yeah. that is the most, yeah. that is one of the yeah. greatest deals signed in Philadelphia sports history. We've had so yeah. many that have not gone the right way. That yeah. one, Will never be on that uh, on that Mount Rushmore. Well, and you got some good, you had some good stuff on the bottom end too. Like when they made those trades for for Sosa and Marsh, like those guys are making pennies. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like, and and Alec Bohm, right? Too. You know, so you've got some like room to work with here. Yeah, it's almost silly to kind of talk about this stuff because they were oh they went over the the threshold this year, right? So all right, whatever. But I mean, they are clearing a lot of a lot of stuff, and like there's. There's there's so much smoke here that it just feels like it's inevitable to me. Like where we felt like it, we did feel. I don't know how you felt, but like I I felt like that it was inevitable that they'd get one of Harper yes. or Machado. Like I, I thought it would be uh, I thought it'd be a Bogarts or Swanson. I did not think that John Milton would, would if it happens uh, throw three hundred million at someone again. Yeah, I, I don't. I I think too. And this is a good point here. This is this is kind of what I was trying to say. Right. Like Philly fan says, I don't think they get him if they don't have this pass run. Middleton saw the money coming in for eight home playoff games, then plans for next year. Yeah. I mean, I'd say I think that energizes owners to say, okay, this is worth it. I've heard the same things about Jay Sugarman, who owns the Philadelphia Union. Right. It's not that I'm he's anti spending. It's like, give me a reason to spend. Well, here's your reason to spend is both teams just went to the damn finals. Right. So So they should both be in a mode now where they're like, yeah, let's fucking keep it going. Right. Because we look at what just happened. And if you're not going to spend, if you're not going to supplement that, if you're not going to support the front office and the coaching staff now, then hypothetically you never would because you can't get any closer than than those teams did this year, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, we, I think both of those teams are in the same like ca- category with that. Right and we've beat a dead horse because it's like, but you know the fans, the fans showed up. I mean, you packed the stadium. Yeah. The new era store was a line around the block when they yeah. made it to the World Series, even when they yeah. made it to the the NLCS and stuff. Um, and it's going to continue, Kyle, for for gate 
next year. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, what is this? What is CBP going to look like for the first 20 games this year? It's going to be friggin' packed, right? Mm-hmm. This is all going to carry over into next year, right? You're not going to have half empty stadium in this after the opening weekend and then from March, like into April, and then it's the dog days of summer, like assuming they're they're they stay where they were last year at least, right? So you look at the run that you just had, being rewarded for the money that you just spent, the increasing gate that you're going to have like right off the bat as a continuation of that. And, you know, there's no reason to say, yeah, let's, let's, you know, let, let's, we're not going to do this because it's too expensive. I mean, you, you literally were just rewarded for spending. So, so keep the only, going. the only uh, pushback on this, which I would have was I wrote it in my all season thing yesterday, where it's yeah. like, I was up in the 300 levels during the NLCS, like half the numbers are like sharp. You <laughs> It's so like in bad, bad. Sh- I haven't been to the ballpark it's, in a long time. Is it like it's in, not bad bad shape? in bad shape? I mean, it's an 18 year old stadium. So we're coming up on 20 years. I forget yeah. how old the vet was. I think it was what? 30 something. I think it was 70, 70, 72, 77 mm-hmm. when it was built. So like yeah. that was coming on 30 years and whatnot. It'll probably be about 25 years before they get a new stadium and whatnot. But yeah, yeah I mean, there's we literally had to go to our seats, find a faded number and then count backwards to find out where our seat was. Um, and then you go, you look at the rows and like, the, there's like a Sharpie, uh, like row yeah. four was Sharpied in and stuff. So like, it's yeah. just small things like that. Don't get me wrong. But I, mean, but again, I can't really blame them not putting money into the stadium because, you know, you had the pandemic, people weren't showing up and everything, you know, I, I, how many people were sitting in those 300, 400 levels, you know, during the, uh, during the during the 11 years and they are getting a new screen so maybe yeah that also probably, will help where, the that. Budget, probably where the budget for upgrades went all, all went to the new screen yeah it's funny man because i don't because yeah citizens bank park doesn't feel that old but if you think about how many games are played in there a year i see i always felt like the wells fargo center was like a 25 year old building that had like 50 years worth of use just because they're mm-hmm. doing so much in there they're going from sixers to flyers to disney on ice to the wings and then back and forth you know that that a lot of areas that people don't see of the Wells Fargo center are just like beat the shit, you know, like back down in the bowels and back where the media and the locker room and all that, all that stuff. And you have like Villanova and other teams playing there for sure. Citizens bank park. I don't know. I don't know what the, like the, you know, it, it does obviously you play more baseball games, but even, you know, 80, whatever, 81 games plus they get into the playoffs. Like that's still not even close to the usage of like a, Wells Fargo Center or something, you know, so yeah, it's crazy to me to think to hear stuff, that, yeah. to hear you say that, that they had like stuff that was Sharpie on there. You know, because it's not. It's. it's I was not surprised because I, I I do think they keep the I do think they keep the stadium in pretty good shape. I mean, they keep it in good shape with uh, the stuff in the back with the children and stuff. The the home run hitting, the pitching thing, yeah. the rock climbing wall, and everything. The Ashburn Alley still pretty cool and everything. The facade, yeah. you know, the batter's eye. I think they do a pretty good job of keeping up with it. Just you know, the upstairs part. So yeah. Um, yeah. Our it next guest. A little hard to go. Can I just say that it's a little because I yeah. made the point with Bob the other day. It's nice that people are like in the hot stove and it's going to be a thing for the Phillies. I just still think it's a really, really hard transition to make like three days removed or four days removed from losing the World Series, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm sure the buzz will pick up or whatever. It feels really weird to go from like we were just writing about the World Series to, oh, who should they get for next year? Like yeah. at least at least give us like a friggin like a like a week break or something. I, I don't know. It's just it's a little jarring, like making that. Transition. I think well, they I just think games well, next year, you know, I think John Milton's gotten so drunk with like grabbing headlines that he just wants to grab more headlines and I'm all here for it. Yeah, that's yeah, fine. I just I, I don't you know, you're riding momentum, man. And I, the, the, the guys who make up the meat of this roster are not like getting any younger, you know, so mm-hmm. I, I don't. You know, I don't want it to be a situation where it's like, you know, they it's it's the Phillies in 2012 and 2013 and like, you know, it's over. They're not even close to that right now. But 
the window's not it, it's not a huge window you know it's, it's but not, it's good to have a it's good to have a core of yeah bryce harper and and, and trey turner i'll tell you that yeah, yeah. uh speak, speaking of meat thanks for the transition we've got the chicken man alex Tominski. let's bring him on did i say that right What's going on did i say that right yeah sounded great oh my god um so you know just an all-time all-time feat uh that took on a life of its own you know who who knew so many people could relate to a man eating a chicken on an abandoned pier behind a walmart um were you surprised by how many people showed up and then you know all the stuff that followed after like can you can you lead a normal life anymore my life is uh definitely oh hey I've <laughs> uh, been affected, but uh, I kind of did have a idea that something special was happening. Uh, I didn't choose a venue that could uh, hold that many people before there was the traction. Um, I believed in myself. Um, the foul gave me a certain power that I think people were absorbing that day. And uh, yeah, it was just a good clean consumption. How are you feeling physically? You know, I think I finally fully digested um the rest of the chicken and now my body's just uh, slowly repairing. Yeah. And, yeah. and you don't like chicken. No, I'm not a fan. And you'll probably never be a fan after these 40. Oh no, I'm, I'm definitely traumatized at this point. <laughs> How, yeah, um... it's, uh, it's too bad. Um, I don't really know what Thanksgiving's going to be like. I don't know if it's like all birds, mm. I mean, quail, not sure. Uh, mm. but definitely chicken is out of, what about duck? Duck might be all right. Okay, it's a little more, a little more gamey. Um, how hard, how hard was it? Because I was down there, and I got to tell you, man, you're a showman. <laughs> it wasn't I, uh, easy. I, I saw an easy. old high school video of you, or maybe a grade school video of you acting on YouTube. I didn't think it was you, and then you, I think I saw you repost it and stuff. Oh yeah, you yeah. got kind yeah, of that like was, a uh, we had like a local access TV show uh when i was like maybe 14 or whatnot but uh it was very hard when i first started uh consuming chicken it mm -hmm. took about 20 minutes um and then i did a practice run at the pier the day before it took about two hours um and then i didn't want to bore the hell out of everyone so i i think i finished in 45 minutes yeah yeah it was about 45 minutes to an hour but like i said like you being a showman though like it was it was an amazing thing. I feel like you got no nobody paid, but I feel like people got their their money's worth for coming. Yeah, people were definitely engaged. The, it felt ritualistic, like people uh, had fire in their eyes <laughs> when they were all surrounding me, and like their their heat was radiating, and just everyone started doing this thing where they started like yes. shaking their fingers all at once. Uh, it, it felt like almost like cultish in a, in a way, but yeah. I was like, I just got to follow through and. Uh, finished up and i think i made a lot of people happy that day so that's that's good pagan were you doing this too i was no i was just oh. just oh. trying to oh. bury it bury that food oh, okay pagan what was so what was that all about why were people doing that in the I, crowd I, I don't know someone you know kind of felt like a foul shot a big foul shot uh oh, yeah, you know yeah. Someone on the line, yeah. you know, like the frosty one. free, like the frosty freeze out. They were well, trying. that's a little different because people are going nuts. This one feels like you're down one. You know, thirty seconds left. You need a big yeah. free throw. Yeah, everyone, Jim goes silent, spirit fingers and everything. It was beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, I was impressed that I was able to engage that many people for an hour. You know, just eating mm -hmm. food on a pier. But 
happy, uh, happy people were engaged to the very last bite. And it felt like a fucking victory at the end. Yeah. Why streets of Philadelphia? People are asking, why not Atlantic City? Yeah, people are saying the chicken man thing. Like, I don't want to. It's a different thing. Yeah, I mean, it's not. I, I didn't want to confuse anyone. And streets of Philadelphia, it's kind of a song about, for me at least, unity mm-hmm. and someone uh, you know struggling but pushing forward. And uh, I felt on that pier, it was all sorts of different people that wouldn't be meeting meeting up and just there to watch a guy uh, take down a chicken. So the song just made sense to me. Did you ever see uh, the video of uh, the famous eater Kobayashi uh, going head to head within a, a, a grizzly bear in a hot dog eating contest? Holy shit, no, but yeah. I'm definitely uh, going to check that out. I, yeah. I haven't done enough research on competitive eating. Yeah. Yeah. How do you, how do you feel? I mean, cause obviously there's a spiritual connection here. I mean, do, do you feel like if the wing bowl is still around that that would be the next step for you or, or like Nathan's hot dog eating? Nah, I'm just kind of done with yeah. making a show of food really. Yeah. Yeah. Craig, if you can uh, look it up, it was the show that they did on Fox like 20 years ago is man versus beast. And they put uh, a, an Alaskan grizzly bear in a cage <laughs> And uh, Kobayashi was there too, and Bruce Buffer like introduced him. Um, the, and the the bear had an American flag hanging over the top of it, and Kobayashi had the Japanese flag um, hanging over top of it. So that 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 um, at least was very interesting. But I was reading um, in some articles that your wife supported you through this. Um, you know, how is she, how did how did she feel about the whole endeavor? Oh, holy cow! Hold on a second. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. So here we go. So Kobayashi's uh he's got see there's the Alaskan cruncher on the left there. This he's is got, real television. God yeah, damn. It was. Yeah. They don't make TV like this anymore. No. no, no. They used to bring on different animals and they used to the whole point was that they'd have humans try to beat the animal at what they were good at. I think a guy tried to like race a cheetah. Um you see Kobayashi goes like two at a time here, and then he drinks water, but the bear would eat like three hot dogs at a time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and the bear doesn't seem like it needs to prove itself. You know what I mean? It's just like <laughs> obviously the bear can eat more, and it probably knows that, so it's trying to just enjoy right. the hot right. dog rather than right. like he doesn't look like he's enjoying it. Did you ever think about bringing a bear onto the abandoned pier at Walmart? Listen, Walmart? I am all about uh, you know hanging out with terrifying animals. Uh, it's not something that uh, yeah. I would love to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there was an animal down there, and he's the other host of this show. Um, obviously, I was. Yeah, reading- your uh, <laughs> your uh, chance and whatnot definitely helped drive me. So yeah, yeah. See, I was reading another one that said that if you died from this, that you would be okay with it. Is that true? Yeah, I mean, I was set on a mission, and uh, I wasn't stopping. Yeah. My body was definitely reacting in a way that made me nervous. Yeah. Um. And, uh, yeah, I did. Did we get a puke? I, I, I was, I was like, the, five, uh, probably about 20 minutes after, um, it was kind of like a necessary thing, but it was yeah. basically just liquid. Mm. Damn. Interesting. So you're also, you're also a server at Barclay prime, correct? Mm-hmm. Has anyone like come in like the last like week and been like, you're, you're the chicken. Yeah. Man. Yeah. It happens. It's kind of a, making my job a little bit harder if that makes any sense mm. i'm not making any money off this chicken thing and uh you know if there's a bunch of people coming yeah. into my work it does affect uh you know 
because I work off tips and whatnot. Yeah, see, but, I think that was in hindsight, that was probably your only mistake is that we should have thought of a way to monetize the the chicken eating. You but know? it was but never it's, for it's, not, it's not all about the money though, right? No, I, I think that's what uh, people maybe subconsciously appreciate, appreciate about it. It's mm-hmm. kind of pure in a sense. Like yeah. I'm not doing it to, you know, someone someone's like, oh, that guy's chasing clout, but I would have eaten that chicken with two people on that pier. Yeah. And, there was no, there were no, know, there was no, there was no money involved. There was no charge to get in. There was no sponsor banners. Like you didn't see like GoDaddy.com behind the table. You know what I mean? And I got a lot of offers afterwards, um, but I would have looked like a tool, like a sellout. Yeah. Any good ones? Making like an NFT back? out of myself. Like any any good sponsorship opportunities that you're like, oh, that's actually pretty impressive. Uh yeah. There was. A, I don't want to say but there was a handful but there's some cool stuff coming out of it like i don't know if this is supposed to be a surprise or not but uh the flyers invited me out for the saturday and i'm gonna oh, yeah. have me like say something to the crowd i guess which is no kind of are you gonna yeah. bang the drum you're gonna drop the puck have they told oh, you oh yeah i'm gonna bang the drum i think that's what it is oh that's fucking awesome yeah, yeah, yeah. it's pretty sick see that's the least go. that's the least on Grady, um so she'll get to hang out with Grady. Yeah, look, even if you're not going to like profit from this or take the money or whatever, like that's that's due recognition right there. Yeah. So that's and like, I'm, it would be selfish and uh, wrong of me not to take advantage of the attention. So I'm trying to, you know, work with some food banks in the city. And I saw that. a lot of people yeah. that are hungry and, you know, we're all neighbors. So we got to look out for each other and try to make sure that we're all taken care of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Are you originally from Philly? Yeah, I've been here about eight years. I'm from Providence, Rhode Island, but uh, oh, shit. this is definitely going to be home for me. Sweet. Sweet. Um, so how, how did it start? From what I saw was someone took a picture. There was a advertisement on a poll and it just blew up from there. Yeah. So it started uh, 40 days prior to the event. I, uh, I actually had pictures of each day with the chicken, I just started posting on the 11th day because the power was just so strong. I had to release the rest to the world. Um, but yeah, I just made that flyer. And the only promotion I really made for the event was the flyer. And I posted it up and just people, I think, thought it was a joke. Um, yeah. And then I think a lot of people were surprised that I was actually uh, crushing tizzies. This could actually only probably happen in, in a handful of cities. I, I don't think it could happen, happen anywhere but here. You don't think New York? I think no. It's all New York is just cluttered with so much pretentious bullshit that people yeah. would just assume that it was a fucking yeah art, I don't think so. art installation or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I I just don't think uh, I think Philadelphia is really honest and true and and that can be you know turn off to most people but uh i take pride in it and i think philly is special in that way yeah if this happened in in brooklyn pagan it would be seen as like posturing or it it would happen like an abandoned coffee shop in williamsburg well it would be people would be doing it for the wrong reasons it would would definitely be to generate attention and you know look at me would probably probably draw something and something and then it would like explode halfway through Yeah. yeah um it's it's interesting. A lot of people, when I was telling them I was doing this, they would you know make suggestions like wear a chicken suit or this or that or like dress the chicken up. I was like, I don't really want to make this really like a like a tongue in cheek like charade joke. I'm just a man on a pier uh, eating chicken. 
Right. Right. It's the simplicity of it. That's important. Right. I mean, Philadelphia, Philadelphia is very much a no frills. Like what you see is what you get. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of place. People are like, ah, oh, you should wear a tuxedo. I was like, Hey, you know, I just, a man going to wear whatever I wear date, like my regular streetwear. And yeah. I think people were reacted. I was really, I was really impressed how you, uh, how you prepared for it. Cause you had obviously like different, you know, you had water, but you also had water with limes in it. I want to say probably for yeah. The- so I, uh, that was the only day I tried that, and the the acid to the lime I noticed uh, kind of helped break down that fat. Um, it was just a little bit of extra help. And I used to drink just polar, and I realized that those bubbles actually fill up my stomach. So I only used polar like when I really had to like kind of cleanse my mouth, but for the most part, just flat water. Now, Pagan, you were at this event, and you were also at Diner en Blanc as well. Um, how how would you compare those two experiences? Uh, this was the Fishtown hipster version of Diner en Blanc, I would say. Nobody eats. One guy eats, and you watch the one guy eat, yeah. and you can wear whatever the hell you want. Yeah. Uh, man, it was psychedelic sitting down on that table and just seeing a a row of people screaming. Yeah, yeah. people on yeah. people's shoulders, people with signs. It was like a fucking rock concert down there. Yeah, it was wild. Yeah. Anyone that reached out to you, you know, obviously this went crazy viral. Like anybody in the DMs or anybody that reached out or maybe any like, uh, I know you've been on a couple of news programs and stuff. Anyone that reached out to you that you're like, holy shit, this actually like touched somebody. Uh, I get probably like uh, 150 DMs every day. Um, a lot of people just saying how it really like made them feel really good, inspired them. Mm-hmm. Handful of uh, you know high profile people as well that I'd rather just keep to myself. It's pretty awesome. Um, tons of radio stations. Uh, I mean, the New York Times was a pretty wild one. Yeah, BBC. Uh, do you think this happens if you think it gets this much notoriety if Philadelphia doesn't lose and become the first city uh, ever to lose two championships in one? I day? definitely think that uh, when we were all out in the streets when uh, the Phillies won and we knew that we're going to the World Series, it's definitely like a powerful feeling, like people like uniting and uh, mm-hmm. you know just being happy and kind of it's like a like a reset for the city and i think people still required more of that and with the two losses um i think the chicken thing was kind of a good distraction in that sense and an outlet for that uh energy that uh you know didn't happen uh because of the yeah. no a hundred percent i mean i was i said it in in my video that i took of you it was like we just need to see a win i love that yeah <laughs> Like you just, sometimes you just need to see a win. You 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 hit the nail on the head. Like a distraction was great. Like it, it you know, I'm not going to speak for all Phillies fans and all Union fans, but like it did take away from like the loss, the the, the hurtfulness yeah. of the loss, how much it stung. The Eagles were were obviously off and everything, but yeah, I mean, like without without you, I probably ha- I'm probably not you know even close to getting over the uh, the World Series loss. Yeah, so um, it, the timing was almost. Uh, like it, I, the timing was crazy, mm-hmm. you know, starting 40 days prior and it landing on that particular day that 
you know, the Eagles aren't playing and then the day before the yeah. two championships. It was it was serendipity, really, is what it was, you know, because there's just a lot of bad energy that was just kind of floating around out there. You know? Yeah. So, so to be able to like kind of like reach out figuratively and grab and harness the bad energy and and refocus it into something positive, I thought was was important, you know. I mean, like, okay, now we got something. Let's forget about all this shit and and focus on on something different here. So you're doing you're doing the flyers coming up, but like what what's like what's next? Everyone asks that. I, I'm gonna just let my body keep repairing and yeah. uh, no plans. Someone else was like, "Oh, let's get you on TV, like on like a pretty high profile show." And we want you to, you know, eat the chicken. And I'm like, I'm not eating chicken anymore. They're like, oh, let's get you set up with a new food item and, you know, we'll start the challenge. Yeah. It's like, this is a great opportunity, but I'm like done with the food thing right now. And the food thing or the chicken thing is just came about naturally. So, yeah. yeah. I'm not- I, see, here's the thing. Like, I, I can appreciate, you know, an artist like I say a musician releases like four great albums. Right. Yeah. And everybody's asking for the fifth album and the musician says, that's it. We're done. Like this is the pinnacle or whatever. We don't feel the need to do this anymore, you know, or we're, we're going to do a side project or something like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Instead of just beating, beating a dead horse and like just kicking the can down the road. And yeah, that's not my style. If something happens, it happens, but I'm not looking to do anything anytime soon. Yeah. No, I mean, it's honorable. I mean, I, I couldn't be able to do it. I mean, I'd, if I gained, you know, 30 plus thousand followers and everything, I'd, I'd be finding the next thing to do. So now that's yeah. honorable with you, man. Is there any message? Is there any uh, food banks, any charity endeavors, anything that you want to promote to people? Oh, yeah, please. Uh, so uh, South Philly, uh, well, there's this organization, South Philly, uh, they do pantries, satellite pantries. Um, and let me see if I can quickly get a link i want to make sure i get this right but you know i met up with them uh like the day after everything blew up and it's just people on their own time uh filling up these pantries raising money to set up actual refrigerators and uh areas where there is a need for them and yeah it looks like it's called south south philadelphia community fridge that's it yeah south philly fridge uh you can donate food. You can donate, uh, you know, money. There's a list of where those pop-up pop-up satellite uh, food pantries are. And the other thing is great is, uh, you know, I love fill abundance, but it can be kind of intimidating when there's just a pantry. Like all you have to do is like walk over, put some food in there, and that's yeah. it. No, they're really cool. We used to have one in Fairmount. They're so easily and so accessible to put. Yeah. Them in. I just dropped the uh, the link to Alex's tweet in the chat. If anyone wants to. Uh, cool. And then we just dropped uh, southphillyfridge.com as well if anyone wants to look and donate and everything. So, hey, man, thank you so much for coming on. I I can't believe – the funny thing was I just checked our DMs like yesterday. and I was like, this guy got back to me in like five minutes. And I was like – in my tweet, in my uh, DM, I was like, your DMs are probably a war zone. So I really appreciate that you got back so fast. Listen, you got to – I got to be there for Philadelphia. Like you guys were at the – or you were at the the event. Like got to support each other. Couldn't have done oh, without yeah. you, though, man. Come on. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Right. Thanks, bro. Peace, Thank, you. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, I love it, man. Here's a good oh, I mean, one it's here, just, too. 
50 bagel bites a day challenge. Like we were talking about things that we could do. I could probably maybe do a small, a small pizza a day, a small cheese pizza a day for 40 days. That's what I could do, but that's not as fun. A rotisserie chicken is just such a perfect dish. It's just like, it's, it's, it's hard, but it's also just like a funny, it's kind of just like a funny dish in a way. It's interesting too, because it's not like there's not uniformity in the chicken. There's dark meat and there's white meat. And he was saying in other interviews that the white meat is dry, the dark yeah. meat's kind of greasy. Like you got to get the balance right or else you're kind of fucked up. You know how much sodium he consumed in like over a 40 day period? They say you are what you eat. If he eats any more sodium, he's going to turn into a sodium, you know? Um, uh, a sodium or like a salt? <laughs> You just turn into salt. Turn into like salt. Me and the cheesy enchilada dip. If I eat any more of that, I'm going to turn into a fucking orange blob. You know, <laughs> not gritty, but like you know. Um, we got yeah, a couple. Actually, good too. He does. Uh, he does look like Braden Holby. Yeah. Is that he's a goalkeeper, right? Yeah, the goalkeeper from the cap. Or used to be with the Caps or whatever. But um, good Philly story, man. Good dude. It's so cool because like you know people are di- ingrained in different ways, and I think that's kind of like I think when you like you talk to him like you can definitely see it and stuff like he's not really like a clout chaser he doesn't really have yeah. a message he's just a guy who like ate 40 chickens like if it was me on the other hand a guy who's like you know very insecure and needs the clout and everything like if i got that many followers fuck i would be finding the next the next uh food food challenge and whatnot so exactly. credit to credit to alex go help out at south philly fridge dot uh, yeah. com they are really cool i mean it's really easy just to open the fridge put some food in and then people can come by whenever they want yeah. Um, we've got a couple minutes before Damian Dunn comes on from Temple. Yeah. Uh, do you want to go Sixers jersey or do you want to go Cutter? I said that right. Cutter uh, dormitories. Yeah. Um, right. So the World Cup 2022 looks like. Yeah, we're going to go Cutter dormitories. Okay. Yeah. It looks like the new fire festival, right? I mean, they got like these shipping containers that they have them. And what is it, $230 a night? $230 a night to sleep in a shipping container. There's no alcohol. There's no homosexuality. There's no PDA. I mean, it's a fucking disaster, Pagan. Like, it's an embarrassment that the World Cup should have even, the World Cup is even here to to begin with, you know? And then, you know, slave labor to build these, like, stadiums. It's just an absolute friggin' disaster, you know? Um, But these are the, like, the the fan villages Mm -hmm. that they are, that they have you know, roll it out here. So Strict- front office sports. Yeah. Cutter has unveiled the first of its world cup fan villages in Doha, which is the capital, I believe up to 60,000 people, twin, single one, double bed, mini fridge, mini fridge, Kev, no mm-hmm. alcohol, though. Strict anti-alcohol policy yeah. bathroom. Basically you're getting like a smaller dorm room. Basically it's like you and another guy and you're basically going back to freshman year of your dorm. Room. Um, yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, it'll be interesting. Seth bladder the other day, I uh, was like, yeah, uh, the USA was supposed to have the World Cup in 2022. And then uh, someone came to me and was like, hey, we're going to make it cutter because I think they bought uh, billion, uh, a bunch of billion dollars worth of fighter jets from France or something like that. That's what it, that's what it seems like it was. FIFA so. is so corrupt. It makes like American politics look like nothing at all. Yeah, it's fucking terrible, man. I, there, there's so much just history of crap there you know i mean they went russia qatar back to back for world cups you know know? i remember being there when they did the announce party i was at like tirnanag in 2010 or something i was standing next to like nick sakevich who was the president of the union or whatever at the time and like we were expecting the united states was going to get it oh really we hadn't had it for a while yeah and they gave it to they gave it to qatar instead so i mean whatever you know we're getting it in 2026 but interestingly enough pagan we've got uh 
Brendan Aronson from Medford, New Jersey, is going to the World Cup of the United States. Christian Pulisic, obviously, from Hershey is going. Zach Steffen, who's from Coatesville, was left off the, the roster. So that was so, a surprise. He, he, he was seen as a shoe-in, maybe even the number one goalkeeper last year, the year before. So for him to not be on was a surprise, too. Uh, the what's, union, the realistic, what's the realistic thought that people should be having about the, the U.S. Pens team going into this? That they should get out of the group. They should get out of the group that they, you know, I mean, England is the best team in that group for sure, you know, um, but they're not unbeatable. And, you know, you've got Wales and you've got Iran, you know. So, I mean, this is a different men's national team than it was two or three years ago that, you know, didn't qualify four or five years ago, didn't qualify. And everybody thought it was the the worst time ever. You know, like they've got some good players. Let's see. We've got guys who play for Chelsea, Juventus, you know, Arsenal. Like this is not it's not like the men's national team of six or seven years ago so um and interestingly enough to the uh the union's right fullback olivier and is going to the world cup with cameroon so he's the first active philadelphia union player to go to a world cup which is pretty cool that's a good like feather in the cap for them to know to have a player who's gonna gonna play in the world cup for another country not 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 america but for another country you know so any other union guys any any what what now any union, any other union? Or- no, no. They, I mean, you know, Brendan Aronson and Mark McKenzie. Mark McKenzie was on the bubble. He's not going, but there are people who came through, you know, the union setup or who are with the union now who have played for the national team, of course. Alejandro Bedoya played in the World Cup in 2014, right? But he's like 35 years old now, so he's not going. But uh, yeah, the big local guys are Pulisic, Brendan Aronson, Olivier Ambizo for for Philly, but... Otherwise, it's like mostly the European-based guys and some MLS dudes who don't play for the union. You know, the union's main like American guys are all, uh, you know, are, are older or or really really young. So they're kind of in two different age groups right now. But I don't know. I don't. I get the sense that people don't really give a shit about this World Cup because it's during football season, it's during American football season, it's during basketball and hockey season. Yeah, you remember it's in the middle of the summer and the only thing that's going on is baseball, right? So yeah. I think it's a little it's bit baseball classic too. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting in that regard, you know, but um, they did, you know, it's interesting because uh, the world series ratings and the MLS cup ratings came out and the world series ratings were pretty good, like holding steady around like that 10 million to 12 million range, which is what the world series has been for five or six years now. You know, it's bullshit. And as they always say, whenever they talk about world series ratings, they always say, well, it's like the second most least watched, second least watched or the third least watched of all time. And those don't really, tell the story because they're referencing numbers from like the 1980s where you had like 40 million people watching the world series. You know what I mean? So of course, if you look at it in its entirety, like, yeah, it's not going to be like 1985 or it's not going to be like 1986, you know? And then you get outlier games, like when the Cubs finally won it all. Right. So, but if you look at like baseball world series numbers, have been holding pretty steady for the last couple of years. Like it's kind of right there with the NBA finals. Right. So it's super bowl trumps everything. Then you have, the NBA and World Series are solid, like number two, kind of neck and neck there. Then hockey gets like four million, five million, some viewers per game. And then the union uh, being an MLS cup, a lot of people in Philly watch the game. So they had like 2.1 million viewers total, which is good. Yeah, that's good. I mean, MLS cup usually doesn't do a lot of doesn't do numbers, but uh, Philly was the number one market for the World Series, obviously. Uh, did more numbers in Houston, did more numbers in the other Texas cities. Philadelphia was the number one city for MLS Cup at the same time, too. So, you know, whenever you have a Philadelphia team, Philadelphia market involved in the uh, 
in any championship game, it's a it's a big deal and it's good, you know. So it seemed like a lot of people were were into it and watching it. Well, speaking of numbers, there's a guy that put up 29 in his first game of the year, 18 for 18 from the line. We've got Damian Dunn here from Temple. Damian, how are you, my man? What's going on, guys? I'm good. Appreciate y'all having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Thanks for coming on. All right. Let's get it out of the way. Let's get it out of the way. Tough loss against Wagner, but you have 29, 18 for 18 from the line, Temple record, City Six tied the record. Uh and now you got 16 Nova coming in uh, to Lee Core Center. I'm going to spin this. Do you think you're now more ready to play Friday now that you don't want to go 0-2? And, and the mantra before the season was tournament or bust? Definitely. You know, that was kind of like our our wake-up call, like the first game of the year. Like, you know, like it's not easy to win basketball games. You know, I think just our whole mentality, just right after the game, it just kind of shifted to just like, you know, like we got to refocus and, you know, kind of, buy into like our principles again and really lock in with each other so um like we know how big of a game this is for us in our program um this big bounce back game for us just to respond in the right way and to the to the moment of adversity that we had on monday i feel like it's huge for us and we've been practicing hard these past few days um we we watched the wagner game like it's behind us we can't yeah. Retrace it, relive it, or change it. I was, I was wondering if uh, if coach was just going to burn the tape. I didn't know if coach was going to burn the tape. We're going to watch Villanova. We he definitely had some words for us though before he uh, he chewed us out a little bit before he uh, before we scrapped it. But um, yeah, man, it was a good learning lesson for us. I think <clears throat> it was good that we got it out the way early in the season, so we kind of like know what to expect moving forward. I think, um, but we can't sleepwalk at all. Come tomorrow, like this Nova team is sharp. Like, you know, they're going to play the same way whole game. They're not going to turn the ball over. So we got to be sharp on all cylinders. But I think we'll be we'll be prepared. Do you – so you're from Kinston, uh, North Carolina, correct? Third. Around the uh, East Carolina area, uh, university. Um, now, the history of the Big Five, I'm sure you know a lot about it because, obviously, Coach McKee uh, right. played in it back in the day. It was a little different back in the day. You know, t- uh, Villanova's kind of owned it uh, currently and stuff. And then from you being, like, from North Carolina – like, do you do you care about the history of the Big Five? Like, does this does this game mean like more to you? Does it is it is it a rivalry game per se, or is it kind of just like you're Damian Dunn? You every game is the next game. Um, it's kind of I've you know I've been here since freshman year, so I've kind of learned to like this whole Big Five. Uh, like the challenges has been is growing on me since I've been here. I didn't know too much about it coming into my freshman year, but this will be my first time playing against Villanova like mm-hmm. since I've been in college. So. You know, I've seen them play, um, seen my coaches and a few of my teammates when I wasn't playing my freshman year. I've seen them go out and just play against them. I think we uh, played them here my freshman year. I wasn't playing, but we, of course, was packed. And I'm just like, like, yeah, I could tell these games are huge for us. We went to the Palestra that same year. We played Penn. It was packed. We lost that game. I'm like, okay, like I kind of feel the atmosphere. I kind of got a feel for, like, how important it is to everybody in the city in this area. So, it's definitely growing on me, like this big five rivalry, the matchups between these, uh, between us five schools, and um, I'm looking forward to the challenge. I know my teammates are, but um, it's definitely something I look at as more like, you know, I'm I gotta be ready for this one. Like I gotta be up for this one because this one is this one is big for me because it's my first time playing them. You know, I've seen them year after year. I kind of feel like they just washed away the big five. Like they, yeah, like unanimously they they win it every year. So I feel like, you know, we got a chance to really kind of change the spectrum of that. So uh, we got to 
I'm going to be up for this one tomorrow for sure. All right, Kev. I was just going to say, like, I, I was a huge college basketball fan back in the day. And when I came back to Philadelphia, like, I felt like the big five didn't get enough talk or didn't get enough coverage or, or people weren't, you know, spending enough time. But like the reality of the situation is like, you know, in a pro sports town, we got the Eagles and you got the Sixers and you got the Flyers and the Phillies. Like it just, it is what it is. There's only so much of the pie for people to Definitely. consume, you know? So Kyle is a temple guy, went to temple. He's paying attention to it. He's got a rooting interest. I'm a neutral. I just want to see all the teams be good. You know what I mean? Have you, have you felt like where, where do you feel like the big fives position is in like the greater Philadelphia ecosystem right now? Like, I'm going to be honest. Like, I didn't know how how crazy Philadelphia sports fans were until, like, my second year here. Like, how ride or die these fans are here. I was like, I'm from North Carolina. Like, <clears throat> we don't cheer on for the Panthers. You know, it's Duke or UNC. You know, like, we split the difference between the two. But, like, coming here, just seeing, like, how, like, appreciative and kind of like how dedicated the fans are to these you know the probably the pro teams first I feel like that's important but in comparison to the big five to those sports teams I feel like it's not as much like recognition and you know credibility that we kind of get just because of the simple fact of like the successes that these pro teams is like they've had the Phillies just had a great run everybody's eager to watch the Sixers play flyers like these teams are really making noise so i feel like in order for it to happen like these i feel like all big five games are going to be close and i feel like the more people who really watch they get to know understand a little bit more about how the rivalry the rivalry works and um i think for us we're just ready to kind of like open some eyes too because i don't think nobody has us winning this game tomorrow so it's definitely going to be fun yeah, no, I 100% agree because, like, the Big Five used to be so cool. Like, after every after every first point, they used to throw streamers on the mm-hmm. uh, on the court, and, and and they stopped doing that. Now, they still do the uh, the banners. Uh, the they, they talk a lot of shit uh, on the banners from the student section and whatnot, no matter what home game are. Those, are. those are really cool. We played um, at uh, St. Joe's. We played at St. Joe's last year. We lost that game. And I swear, like, that was the last – you know, St. Joe's, their gym is so small. Yeah. Like – that was the loudest probably gym I've ever been in my whole college basketball career. Really? Yeah, it was crazy, man. It was crazy. Damn, that's nuts. Yeah, but um, see, that's what I like about it, man. You know, because it's like like the Big Five is like organic. Yeah, you know? definitely. Like it, it just feels like – I remember when, um, you know, the Sixers went and did a um, like a preseason just a scrimmage or something at the Palestra. But the point, Brett Brown was saying, like, this is like – this is a – Right. We don't we don't even look at it as like an arena or what is it just an old school like basketball gym. But isn't that what makes it great? Because it's like there's no there's no frills. There's nothing mm-hmm. fancy about it. It's like just just old school, small Definitely. gym good fan. Like there's something special. You don't get that. Like I know you have atmospheres at Duke and Carolina and all these other mm-hmm. big places or whatever. But there's something like intimate about it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You can tell it's just rich in history. As soon as you walk in the gym, you can tell like a lot of people has been here. And I feel like we get that feel in every big five gym that we go into. We get that same exact feeling. Yeah, I think I think this one's going to be good. I think I think tomorrow's going to have a good turnout and whatnot. Um, because like I I went to school when like Khalif was there, Khalif Wyatt, mm-hmm. uh, Jalen Bonds, like the like the the last like really good teams. And I I think the the temp I think Temple kind of goes the way of the Phillies. Like we were talking in the in the middle of the uh, the year this year, where it was like, why can't the Phillies fill out the stadium? 
But then the Phillies obviously get to the playoffs. They get to the NLCS, the World Series and all that. And then you see 46,000 people. Right. I think Temple fans, like when we were when we were there and they were going to the tournament consistently and whatnot, like Temple, Temple fans showed out. So I really like like I'm so enamored and I'm so like ingrained in this in this game tomorrow because you know I want you guys to experience that stuff where you, know, you have 10,000 people screaming their heads off and you're playing in you know the loudest gym I want you to play in is the Lee Chorus Center. Right. Definitely. So, I mean I'm sure coach McKee talks to you about that all the time yeah. where like back when they were like number 1 in the nation going to the Elite 8 and all that stuff. All the time he tells the stories almost every other day when he's not chewing us out. Definitely. Is he? See, here's the thing, man. You know, you know, it's funny because I don't. You, every time like a big five team does well, like the people who went to school at, at there or at a rival, they'll say they either give a shit or they don't give a shit. Like if Villanova does well, maybe the St. Joe's fan doesn't really care, and if St. Joe's mm-hmm. does well, the Villanova fan might not care. I didn't go to any of those schools in this region. I'll watch those teams when they rise to the top, if they make it to the tournament or if they're in the conference tournament or something like that. Like I get the feeling and maybe Pagan, you could answer this better than me, but like, I feel like neutrals will pay attention uh-huh. if they don't have an attachment to a big five school, but the school starts to do well. Right. Yeah. I mean, college game day came in 2015 and people were going nuts because temple football was good for the first time in, in 30 years. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Temple's a basketball school. So when the basketball team is good, they are. They're a basketball yeah. school. It's not a football yeah. school. It's a, it's a basketball school. It was raised on a basketball school. Yeah. Um, I want to talk to you, uh, Dame, about Coach McKee. So, like, you're an, inter- you're an interesting spot where it's like he's your coach and everything, but the dude also played with, like, Allen Iverson and Kobe Bryant. <laughs> so, like, everyone has their coaches who's like, you know, this, this guy, he's my coach, blah, blah, blah. But, like, is Coach McKee, I guess, kind of cooler because, like, he played with those kind of guys? I mean, obviously, he's been there. He knows what it's like. Definitely. He's a, you can tell he's a, he's just an NBA guy. Like he, you can tell like the things he kind of like says, like <clears throat> it even goes down to like the stories he tells us. Like he'll tell us something about a moment he had in practice with Allen Iverson a long time ago. And like, while he's telling us you, we are just trying to imagine and it's like, yo, like we really wish we were there to like really be there and see that. And like, he brings in people to practice to talk to us. Like, like the endless amount of stories he's told us about Kobe, Allen Iverson, his other teammates, him being picked up in the draft, how his first, how his rookie year went for him, like mm-hmm. everything. I feel like that he probably didn't tell a lot of people. Like he's told us everything. I feel like, and man, we take the, we take that stuff like when we soak it in all the time. Like he always tells us, like you know, you guys have aspirations of doing what I've done, so like. If, if I'm telling you something, it's probably in your best interest if you listen to me because I've been there, you know, and I've yeah. kind of been through it already a hundred times. So, like, anytime he tells us anything related to any type of basketball aspirations we have, bro, we're, like, so tuned in to everything he has to say. And even, like, the staff, like, Coach Mark Macon is on our staff, yeah. like, Coach Macon. Mm-hmm. His, his temple run was crazy, like <laughs> – even his stories is crazy. Like, we, in the summer, every day in the summer after practice, we sat down in a lounge and we ate as a team. He'll come in. He'll give us a new story every day. And you, and if you were just a person to just walk in that lounge and look at everybody's eyes, they're, like, lasered right at making. Like, we're, like, so tuned in to everything that he's saying. Like, so, like, having a staff with, Coach, like, Coach McKee, who's actually have, like, knowledge credibility you know in the league it has connections there it's like you gotta like 
maximize that and use that to your like advantage at all times. So we try our best to do that. I do my best to do it every day. And we just, you, we pick his brain, use his experiences to our advantage. Yeah, there's a lot of basketball in that coaching staff. Definitely. Can yeah. it, Damien, can it ever be counterproductive in the way of like, hey, these guys had great careers and they're legends at this school and this school has a rich basketball history. I mean, does it ever like turn into pressure to feel like you have to get back to bring Temple basketball back to what it was back in the day? Yeah, I mean, personally, I've I've took I've taken that on like that accountability for myself to kind of like, you know, like like we know like the history of like how how successful this program used to be. Like we fell off being truthful. But it's like, I guess time to really change the spectrum again. Like we gotta, we gotta flip the switch. And I feel like with this team we have, granted we we let one go on Monday, but I really still, like we still feel like as a collective that we can really make a run in the in the NCAA tournament. Still, like regardless of like what happened on Monday, we watched it. We still think to ourselves and say to ourselves in the huddle every day, we still are who we are. We're still gonna be the same guys. No matter what, no matter what people are saying about us, like we're bought into each other. So like, let's move on. We learn and move. And um, man, like we're just, I think we're going to be okay. Uh, We're ready as a team. And um, I'm just ready to kind of showcase, you know, kind of like how the rest of the season goes with big five play, non-conference play being that, you know, we got a few big non-conference games coming up in these next few weeks too. So just trying to take advantage of those big games and get get some huge wins. I think that's going to be key for us. Uh, uh, this is the last question I got for you. I'll leave you with this. So, I, I mean, I, NIL money, tough fun, so different nowadays. Like, mm-hmm. I, when I went to school, like, we'd all see the uh, the players, the football players, basketball players in the sack or the J&H or Morgan Hall and everything. Mm-hmm. We still do a Morgan Hall. We still do a J&H. We're <laughs> the NIL. We're like, you know, we're yeah, going to Padova. Yeah. We're going to Chipotle or Jimmy John's. Me and my teammates, we, we do our best to stay away from Morgan. <laughs> we do our best to stay away from Morgan. Why Morgan? Upstairs. We do our best to stay away from there. Like the food, sometimes is not. You know, it's not the best there. Sometimes, no, so, but you know, the ice cream machine there is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so we go in there, get ice cream a few days, but um, we usually do a thing like right after practice, we have a new spot behind our gym, Jamba Juice. We go right up, right okay. back there, grab smoothies, mm-hmm. walk to the set, go eat, sit down. You know, we talk to each other, sit down at the table, eat together, bond relax then we each go about our day like that's really typically how how our day goes so um we spend a lot of time with each other off the court even when we get home i feel like we are we're all in each other's rooms playing the game watching basketball and stuff so mm-hmm. we're definitely around each other and um yeah man i i just kind of wish uh chipotle and potbelly they took meal swipes so we can eat for free there <laughs> i hear you bro dude you don't know how you don't know how good you have it man the sack when i was there there was no chick-fil-a really there was, there was no i forget the other was there like a taco bell there or something at one point yeah push the taco in there they could just put a wing stop in there yeah like that we yeah. had like we had like knockoff sandwich places. We had knockoff burrito bowl place. Chipotle like just got put in when I was graduating. Oh, you don't know how good you have it. All right. That's crazy. It's crazy because even like our coaches here, they tell us like, yo, we was eating at J and H every day last year. Yeah. We like <laughs> I have ne- I haven't been in J and H since my freshman orientation day. It's probably for the best. <laughs> <laughs> so I can I definitely tell we're grateful for that for sure. Oh man. Well, hey, listen, like there are so many temple alum so many people just in the city that are just pulling for you guys Definitely. it will be amazing 
if you if you guys win on Friday. I'll be there. I'll be I'll be courtside. All right. Okay. So I'll be seeing you there and everything, and uh, and we'll go from there. Good luck, man. Appreciate y'all, man. We'll see y'all tomorrow, man. Go Elves. Go Elves. Thanks, yes, brother. Pagan, you better not be sitting there like Meek Mill with your legs out, and then uh, the ref <laughs> the ref trips over you. What do you like that six, was six awesome. foot seven? Six foot seven. You got to pull your feet in, or else you're gonna be hanging out there. Like, right? Oh, dude, if I if I trip Damian Dunn or Khalif Battle, like uh, Larry David tripped Shaq and Curb Your Enthusiasm, yeah. I'll just be I'll be the number one like uh, most hated man at Temple. You know what we I got? You know we had at West Virginia when I was there, and I got to send this link to to uh, Craig so he can share it. But we had a uh, a Mean Jeans Burgers. Um, mean like Mean Gene from like the WWE WWE yeah, Mean Gene Okerlund yeah you could swipe your card there and like you could get friggin' like a burger and fries and whatever I used to like sprint down there before it closed I would like you know run and get, and get like a burger or something I'd come back and like log on to the computer and and watch like uh, college basketball or whatever but yeah we had it we had a Mean Jeans I, I've never I never came across another one are they good burgers. They were good. Yeah, they were really good. I, but I've never I had outside of the one in Morgantown, I had never. Is, is he an alum? What's that? Is he an alum? Is he a West Virginia guy? No, no, not that I know <laughs> of. Um, Don Knotts is, though. You remember Barney Fife from uh, the, Andy the name, Griffith yeah. show? Yeah, he was a West Virginia guy. Um, yeah, I, this is I had never seen another Mean Jeans Burgers any other outside of the student union. At West Virginia, so that's why. I, I fucking love college basketball. Man. I wish. See, see, when I was at Channel Three, man, we used to do all the Temple highlights, all the Nova highlights, all that stuff. I just think, feel like it gets buried in a pro sports town. You know what I mean? Well, it gets buried because it's also not competitive. It's just not no. competitive. Temple's lost seven straight against yeah. Nova. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you would argue last year, you know, Jay Wright was too scared to schedule, and when COVID came through the team and everything, but yeah, you know, I was lucky enough too to go to a. I mean, because West Virginia was a football school you know, largely a football school, but we had like our best run in basketball. Well, one of our best runs in basketball at the same time when I was there, you know, so that that's, so I, I ended up loving college basketball as much as college football, just because like I was lucky enough that we had a, had a freaking great basketball. We went to the elite eight, I think when I was a sophomore. So Kevin Pitsnoggle. Yeah, that was the Pitsnoggle year. And uh, the other guy who was on that team was Mike Ganzi, who ended up with the Cleveland Cavaliers. I want to say he's like their assistant general manager or, so, or something now. Yeah. And uh, B Beeline, John Beeline. Kevin Pitsnoggle might have had the worst tattoos of a white basketball player of all time. This is the last thing I want to show on here before we wrap it up. <laughs> Kevin Pitsnoggle now is um is like massive and he weighs yeah. like 300 pounds. Hang on, let me let boy. me send this one to uh to Craig first and see if we can pull this up. Um Kevin Pitsnoggle after he had a, like a cup of coffee with like the I, I don't know, he 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 wasn't really going to play pro or whatever, but um he moved back to like the Eastern Panhandle of West Virginia, just became like a school teacher and then gained like 200 pounds. I just went right back, you know, but it was crazy. It was, yeah, it was fun because that was such a ragtag group of assholes. Like those Villanova teams, even back then, were like really good too. You know, I remember battles with like uh, Alan Ray and Scotty Reynolds. Yeah, <laughs> there he is. that's Kevin that. Pitsnoggle there on the right. Uh, that twos have actually filled out. I kind of like them now. Yeah. Um, I'm a family man now. Yeah. That, that's, yeah. That's, and, you know, we could, we'll wrap it up, but we could do a whole fucking episode just on how bad it sucks that the, that the NCAA football is just like making these super conferences because like the Big East was the absolute best conference for basketball. Yeah, like the, yeah, the Big East, yeah. like from top to bottom, yeah. you would have a game, every game like mattered because that crossover, yeah, that those crossover years before, 
the Big East collapsed because of the under the weight of the football stuff when you had uh, UConn, Syracuse, Pitt, Louisville, West Virginia. You know the the East Coast, like the Mid Atlantic schools. I mean, since since he was in there too. I mean, that was some of the Marquette was good for a while. I mean, that was some of the best shit I've ever watched. You know, that was the best. Yeah, I feel privileged to have been in college when you had like the six overtime game between UConn and Syracuse. You know, but I just hope I hope Temple makes a game of it. Like I, I just yeah. I want Big Five basketball to be good because oh, and it'll and and people will get behind it because there are so many media members in this city who went to Temple. Yeah, and they'll get behind it. It'll just be like when game day came here for 2015. People from Philly will, will, uh, will, will get behind it as well. What did Philly fans say? He's just saying. Here's a final thought. What did you make of Kyle Neptune being like bullied into going on Preston <laughs> and Steve? Was that a story or was that like a nothing burger to you? That's a story. It's of course uh, a story. I yeah. mean, you're 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 the you're the you're the new coach of the best basketball college basketball program in the city. Yeah. Uh, Jay Wright, obviously a very charitable guy, very light guy, very well liked uh, individual, uh, very successful. Uh, I probably fired that assistant, honestly. Uh, I think, yeah. I, I think so. Everyone doesn't know the story. Basically, Preston and Steve. Um, every year they have a Papa Shot uh, contest at their Camp Out for Hunger. Uh, where they raise a lot of money for charity and and feed uh, people who need it. Um, they were they were able to get Fran Dunphy. I'm pretty sure they usually get Aaron McKee. They usually get the big five guys. Uh, but for some reason, they couldn't get Kyle Neptune. Um, they were trying, trying, trying for months and everything. They made one last ditch effort before it happened, and Kyle Neptune's assistant basically just hung up on uh, one of the uh, one of the guys from Preston and Steve. Um, we wrote about it. I was asked, I actually asked this to Craig. Do you think someone read our article and it did it, or do you think Preston and Steve had enough pull that they're like, "Oh shit, we have to write this wrong"? I think Preston and Steve have so many listeners that I'm sure people were listening to it and like texting their Nova people, and then I'm sure somebody at Nova got wind of it and uh, was like, "Oh, we, this is a bad look for us. We got to fix it." You know, oh, there's been plenty of plenty of times in the past where people have read Crossing Broad shit and then something's changed right away. So I wouldn't rule that out. But Preston and Steve have such a huge audience, you know, that I would love to take credit for it, but I can't. Yeah, that's what Craig said. Craig said we did nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So basically, he came on, but he did come on. He did. I, I want to make sure we put a bow on that story. He did right in the wrong. Yeah, they got it all taken care of. You know, um, some could people have used bad juju though. Could have could have used some bad juju going into Friday. Would have been nice. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I'm. I hey. I just want everybody to have fun. You know, I don't have a rooting interest. I would like for Temple to make. I would like for it to be a competitive game. Whoever wins, that's what I'm saying. It, it oddly, uh, ESPN has them has like a forty plus percent chance for Temple to win, which I was very shocked to see, especially coming mm-hmm. off that loss from Wagner. So I do think it's going to be a close game tomorrow. It's at home. I think people are going to be rocking. I think they're going to be busting in students from Villanova and whatnot. I'm hoping to see you know a good six seven thousand there. At uh, at the League Core Center tomorrow. Tomorrow, seven o'clock at the League Core Center, Philadelphia, PA. Kev, anything else before we go? No, that's about it. It's a good show. Hey, great show out of you today, man. Thank you. You too. You as well. You as well. Thank you, man. Yep. All right, that's the show. That's Crossing Broadcast for today. Thank you to Kevin. Thank you to Damian Dunn for coming on. Thank you for the Chicken Man, Alex Tominski, for coming on. Thank you to Kev, to Craig, to everybody. Uh, we will talk to you on Tuesday.